Come follow me, the Savior said. Then let us in his footsteps tread. For thus alone can we This is Lexi Austin, and you are listening to The Savior Said, Season 2. This is a weekly podcast that follows my study of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Each week, I will be using the Come Follow Me curriculum of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. This curriculum can be found online at comefollowme.churchofjesuschrist.org. For more fun, follow me on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Savior Said. Please note, episodes of The Savior Said are not meant to replace your Come Follow Me experience, but to supplement your own personal study of the scriptures. Hey guys, welcome to The Savior Said. This is the episode for March 30th through April 12th. It's the Easter episode, and it's called, He Shall Rise with Healing in His Wings. I mean, that is so poetic, the healing in His wings. I mean, we are right now, I'm recording this on March 14th, Pi Day, (laughs) right? But uh, March 14th, and we are like right on the cusp, I think, of the coronavirus outbreak here in North America. And it's been on the outbreak all over the world. I know the rest of the world has dealt with it in various places, but we're starting to see it here. And it's a really scary time. And so this week, I was really struggling with this particular episode. Um, In fact, I thought I might not even do it. I might just like this. I'll just take a break this week. I'll just take the break. Also, it's just been stressful because we are getting out of school next week. And so I have to prep all the stuff for e-learning for the kids. And I mean, it's just it's a lot of change. There's a lot of anxiety and there's a lot of uncertainty. I kept reading the scriptures that were assigned this week. And it just like I just didn't feel right. Like I couldn't figure out like what I was supposed to tell you guys. You know, I looked for several different places. I even thought about skipping Easter entirely and just going to the next, you know, week's Come Follow Me assignment. Like, I just, I couldn't figure out what to do until finally I was like, I just need to focus on peace. Um, I had a really good friend post on her Facebook page, the scripture that we studied last year in Come Follow Me from John. It says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And that's from John 14, 27. So how do we do it? How do we have peace when we're in the middle of this media storm that's telling us that doom and gloom is around every corner and there's no toilet paper to be found anywhere, right? Like, how do we do that? I, you know, I've been struggling with that. And so one of the things I've done is I've kind of surrounded myself with music. And, you know, the first mixtape episode I ever made was Easter last year. So how perfect would it be to do a mixtape for this Easter episode as well? And so I picked out several songs. The theme of all of them is peace. And we can truly find peace through Jesus Christ. But how do we find that? By clinging to him and by finding, you know, the peace of our Heavenly Father and asking for his grace in our life daily. And also, I think turning our focus from, you know, whatever news station is playing in the background to finding those moments alone with our Heavenly Father, that helps us find peace. But also, I found a really good talk to help us in that direction, right? It's called Peace Within by Joseph B. Worthlin. And this is what Joseph B. Worthland says. It's from the 1994 conference. He says, In recent months, peace has been a very prominent topic on the minds of people throughout the world. When world peace was threatened, many countries found themselves engaged in war. The news media have shown vivid images of the ravages, suffering, and destructions of war and the turmoil it caused in individuals. It causes deep anxiety and disrupts families, employment, and schooling. It consumes resources that could be used to better advantage elsewhere. He's talking about the Gulf War. Again, this is in 1994, but I feel like that statement 
applies so much to what we're going through now. All right, I'm going to continue on with this talk. In the scriptures, peace means either freedom from strife, contention, conflict, or war, or an inner calm and comfort born of the spirit that is God's gift to all of his children and assurance and serenity within a person's heart. While we yearn for peace, we live in a world burdened by hunger, pain, anguish, loneliness, sickness, and sorrow. The value of peace within our hearts cannot be measured. When we are at peace, we can be free of worry and fear, knowing that with the Lord's help, we can do that all that is expected or required of us. We can approach every day, every task, and every challenge with assurance and confidence in the outcome. We have freedom of thought and action, freedom to be happy. Few, if any blessings from God, are more valuable to our spiritual health than the reward of peace within. In modern-day Revelation, the Savior said, But learn that he who doeth the works of righteousness shall receive his reward, even peace in this world, and eternal life in the world to come. That's from DNC 59.23. Despite dismal conditions in the world with the personal challenges that come into every life, peace within can be a reality. We can be calm and serene regardless of the swirling turmoil all around us. Attaining harmony within ourselves depends upon our relationship with our Savior and Redeemer Jesus Christ and our willingness to emulate Him by living the principles He has given us. He has extended to us an invitation, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's from Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30 The phrase, peace be still, from Mark 4.39, that the Savior uttered when he calmed the storm-tossed sea, can have the same calming influence upon us when we are buffeted by life's storms. During the Passover feast, the Savior taught his disciples, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Referring to the teachings he had given to his disciples, Jesus said, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. In his epistle to the Romans, Paul gave us one key to finding the peace promised by the Lord. Paul taught, To be spiritually minded is life and peace. All right, and Joseph B. Worthland. So to me, that was very instructive of where my focus needs to be this week. Um, Again, like I said, I'm trying to turn my focus away from the news screaming at me that the world is ending to focusing on my Heavenly Father and trying to find the Spirit anywhere that I can, any way that I can. And one of the ways that I have really felt the Spirit this week is through music, which is why we're doing a mixtape. And one of the songs I heard for the first time on the radio this week is perfect for this because it's called Peace Be Still. And it's there's a couple different bands that have done the song. Lauren Daigle even has a live cover, which I love. But, you know, I love Lauren Daigle. You're going to hear her later on. But here's the thing. Like, I feel like in the live cover, you can't hear the words as much. And I feel like the words in the song are so important. So the version you're going to hear is by Hope Darst. But here's some of the lyrics I think are so important to this. It starts out saying, I don't want to be afraid. Every time I face the waves, I don't want to be afraid. I don't want to fear the storm just because I hear the roar. I don't want to fear the storm. Peace be still. Say the word and I will. Set my feet upon the sea till I'm dancing in the deep. Oh, peace be still. You are here, so it is well. Even when my eyes can't see, I will trust the voice that speaks. 
Okay, so the part about it saying, every time I face the waves, I don't want to fear the storm just because I hear the roar, like that's where I feel like I am, where I'm hearing the roar of all the confusion, all the varying voices around me, all the people freaking out. I go to the grocery store and the shelves are bare. Like, I mean, it's just crazy. And I need that peace of my Savior. And this song brought some of it to me. So I hope that it will bring you peace in your life as well. Again, this is Peace Be Still, and it's covered by Hope Darst. I don't want to be afraid Every time I face the waves I don't want to be afraid I don't want to be afraid And I don't want to fear the storm Just because I hear it roar I don't want to fear the storm I don't want to fear the storm
You know, one of the questions that comes to me in the middle of all this and all the chaos that we have going on is why? Why is this happening? Why do we have sickness in this world? And that's something, you know, I've asked for a long time of my Heavenly Father. You know, for those of you who are new to the podcast, I've tried not to talk about it so much because I felt like I talked about ad nauseum like in the first season. But um, I deal with several issues with chronic illness. And for many, many years, I dealt with chronic debilitating pain. And so that kind of puts a different spin on things like, why am I going through all this? Like, why do I constantly feel this way? Why do I have this burden that I have to carry? And I look at the world now and I'm like, why is there this, you know, virus that's causing death tolls among like all these different countries? And why is this happening? Um, I found a really good conference talk that can actually answer that question a whole lot more thoroughly and eloquently than I can right now. So I'm sorry that I'm reading so much to you guys, but I really feel like it's important for you guys to hear the words of our Lord's servants as we discuss these different issues and to find hope and peace in their words. So this is a conference talk called Hold On Thy Way, and it's by, I'm going to totally mess up this guy's name. I'm sorry ahead of time, but it's by Elder Kochi Ayogi. It's K-O-I-C-H-I is his first name. Last name is A-O-Y-A-G-I. And it's from the October 2015 General Conference. He starts off talking about an earthquake. And I'm going to skip that part and we're going to go into the where he starts talking about disasters like this. Disasters such as this are wreaking havoc in many parts of the world today, causing much loss of life. That's where it kind of reminded me of the coronavirus that we're dealing with. We are warned that disasters, wars, and countless difficulties in the world will occur. When trials such as these suddenly come upon us, we may question, why do these things happen to me? Or why do I have to suffer? And for me personally, I'm not even asking for myself. I'm just worried about like everybody around me. I worry about, you know, the people that I work with. My volunteers at work are all over the age of 70. I'm worried about them. I'm worried about the kids I work with who a lot of them don't have access to medical care because of their poverty situation. And I'm just, you know, lots and lots of worry and whys, right? Okay. So coming back to Elder Ayogot. Ayogai? Ayogi? I don't even know. But coming back to Elder A. We'll call him Elder A, okay? He says, For a long time after I converted to the gospel, I didn't have a clear answer to the question, Why am I given trials? I understood the part of the plan of salvation that says we will be tested. However, in reality, when it comes to this question, I did not have a conviction that was powerful enough to adequately answer it. But there came a time in my life when I too experienced a major trial. And he talks about when he went through kind of a car accident and it gave him debilitating neck aches and also a headache for like a long time. And he says, from the day of the car accident, I couldn't sleep and I was forced to live each day with both physical and mental pain. I prayed to God to please heal my pain, but these symptoms lingered on for about 10 years. Okay, pause again. This is Lexi inserting myself. But that's literally what I felt for, you know, decades. I felt this debilitating pain. It's from a disease called endometriosis. And if anyone out there has ever had endometriosis, you know, like it's chronic bad pain. And mine in particular got to the point where it wasn't just cyclical, like I was in pain constantly. And that kind of pain causes all kinds of emotional issues, like he's talking about their mental pain. And you just sit there and you're wondering, like, why do I have to suffer this? And so I feel him in that moment, like I feel him. 
All right, unpause, back to Elder A. There came a time when I found myself struggling with a few additional personal issues, and I was agitated because I did not know how to cope with this new trial. I was praying for an answer, but I didn't receive an answer right away. So I went to talk with a trusted church leader. As we were talking, with love in his voice, I heard him say, Brother A, isn't your purpose for being on this earth to experience this trial? Isn't it to accept all the trials of this life for what they are and then leave the rest up to the Lord? Don't you think that this problem will be resolved when we are resurrected? Pause. That is the Easter message of this mixtape, by the way. This problem will be resolved when we are resurrected through the grace of Jesus Christ. Okay, unpause. When I heard these words, I felt the spirit of the Lord very strongly. I had heard this doctrine countless times, but the eyes of my understanding had never been opened to the extent that they were this time. I understood that this was the answer that I had been seeking from the Lord in my prayers. I was able to clearly comprehend our Heavenly Father's plan of salvation and understand anew this important principle. In Abraham, the Lord God declared, And we will prove them herewith, to see if they will do all things whatsoever the Lord their God shall command them. The principle is that the God who created the heavens and the earth knows the grand design of this earth, that he has dominion over all the heavens and the earth, that in order to bring to pass the plan of salvation, he provides us with many different experiences, including some trials, while we were here on this earth. And the Lord said the following to Joseph Smith, Know thou, my son, that all these things shall give thee experience and shall be for thy good. Therefore, hold on thy way, for God shall be with you forever and ever. The trials of this earth, including illness and death, are a part of the plan of salvation and are inevitable experiences. It is necessary for us to hold on our way and accept our trials with faith. However, the purpose of our lives is not merely to endure trials. Heavenly Father sent His beloved Son, Jesus Christ, as our Savior and Redeemer so we could overcome the trials we face on this earth. In other words, He makes weak things become strong. He atones for our sins and our imperfections, and He makes it possible for us to obtain immortality and eternal life. And I want to end there with the Elder A. So that is the testimony of this mixtape that I hope that you are picking up, is that our Savior Jesus Christ, we are sent here, yes, for trials and to experience this life and to learn things, but our Savior, He makes it possible for our lives to be perfected in every way, mentally, spiritually, also physically. Because of the resurrection, we will be perfected one day. And all the the trials that we have now, death of loved ones, sickness, illness, everything that's surrounding us is going to be gone because of Him. This next song is kind of for all of us who are asking why. Why God? Why God is the name of the song. Why God by Austin French. And here's some of the lyrics that really spoke to me. Um, Going on, I think this is the second verse. He says, Why God do we feel so alone every single day, fighting through the pain, hoping there is hope? I don't understand. But I understand why God I need you. It's why God I run to your arms over and over again. It's why God I cling to your love and hold on for dear life. And I find you are right by my side. Give me a faith stronger than I have. I need to know that when it hurts this bad, that you hold my heart when it breaks, and I'm not alone in this place. That's why, God, I need you. 
So those lyrics just speak to me so much right now. Um, I mean, I, I know you guys can probably tell that I'm really just struggling to find God in the middle of all this and to feel his peace. So I hope that this song will help bring you peace as it did to me. So again, Why God by Austin French. Why God do people have to die? A daughter or a son, sudden and so young, long before their time. Why, God, do people fall apart? A promise and a ring becomes a broken thing, a road that got too hard. I don't understand, but I understand why God I need you. It's why God I run to your arms over and over again. It's why.
Okay, so the next section here in the mixtape is I want to talk about how we can be a light to others and how we can be peace in other people's lives. Um, I have a talk from Thomas S. Monson. It's the October 1996 um, conference that he gave this talk in. It's called Christ at Bethesda's Pool. All right. He talks about, first of all, him and his wife, they're in an art gallery and they see the painting Christ at Bethesda's pool. And so then he starts thinking about it. He says, I could not avert my eyes, nor could I transfer my thoughts. I was carried back through time as I saw the crippled man lying on his crude crutch with arms extended and hands upturned as he appealed to the savior of the world. The words and thoughts expressed in the book of John coursed through my mind. I share them with you this morning. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at certain seasons into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first had the troubling of the water stepped in and made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there, which had an infirmity of thirty and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had now been a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus said unto him, Rise up, take thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. At length, after pondering the scripture, I left the reverie of the room. The art gallery is what he's talking about. However, the impact of that masterpiece was indelibly impressed upon my soul. I have thought since of the majesty of the master's command, the tenderness of his heart, and the incredible joy his act brought to the afflicted man. Do we remember the question poised by Pontius Pilate as he spoke to those who would shed the blood of Jesus and end his mortal life? What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? They all say unto him, Let him be crucified. And so he was. The question each of us must answer is the same. What shall I do with Jesus? He himself has provided the answer. Follow me and do the things which ye have seen me do. The mortal mission of our Lord was foretold by the prophets, as was his birth. For generations, enlightened mankind in the old and new world anxiously sought the fulfillment of prophecies uttered by righteous man inspired by Almighty God. Then came the heavenly pronouncement to the shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Born in a stable, cradled in a manger, he came forth from heaven to live on earth as a mortal man and to establish the kingdom of God. His glorious gospel reshaped the thinking of the world. He blessed the sick. He caused the lame to walk, the blind to see, the deaf to hear. He even raised the dead to life. He provided for you and for me the greatest gift we shall ever receive, the atonement and all that it conveys. He willingly died that we might forever live. Down through the generations of time, the message from Jesus has been the same. To Peter by the shores of beautiful Galilee, he said, follow me. To Philip of old came the call, follow me. To Levi, who sat at receipt of customs, came the instruction, follow me. And to you and me, if we but listen, shall come that same beckoning invitation, follow me. Jesus increased in wisdom and stature in favor of God and man. Have we? Of him it was said, he went about doing good. Do we? His beloved apostles noted well his example. He lived not to be ministered unto, but to minister. 
not to receive but to give, not to save his life but to pour it out for others. It has been said, if they would but see the star that should at once direct their feet and influence their destiny, they must look for it, not in the changing skies of outward circumstance, but each in the depth of his own heart after the pattern provided by the master. And that quote, there's not a footnote to it that actually tells you where President Monson got that quote from, but doing a little research, I found that it came from a book called The Sweet Story of Jesus, The Life of Christ by Frederick William Farrar. So that's where that quote came from. But I love what he talked about there where he said, not to be ministered unto, but to minister, not to receive, but to give, not to save his life, but pour it out for others. So what will you do with Jesus? How will you follow him? And y'all, we are about to head into bold new territory when it comes to ministering. I mean, how do you minister to someone when you're in quarantine lockdown? You know, I mean, like, that's the question. Well, I found a blog that actually has a checklist. It's called the COVID-19 Checklist for Followers of Jesus. Okay, it comes from a blog called Thistle and Toad. And I'm going to be putting this link out on my social media. And so you can find it there also on my blog. So here are some of the items on the checklist. Number one. I've checked on one local elderly friend to let him or her know I'm willing to make a grocery run now to keep him or her out of crowds and offer assistance if needed as the virus passes through my town. Two, I've donated to a local organization that stands ready to help the helpless in my community if a crisis escalates badly. Three, I've donated to an international organization that cares for orphans in a country in which COVID-19 has run rampant. Four, I've contacted at least one out-of-town friend to ask if he or she needs me to mail any sort of supplies that are available in my area. Five, I've reached out to at least one family with an immune-compromised member to let them know I'm praying and to see if I can run out to buy groceries for them as the virus passes. Six, I've evaluated my own motives, preparation, and behavior to make sure I'm not likely to add complexity to my community resources. Seven, I've continued to invest in my local and national economy. Eight, I've found ways to resist fear-based racism in my daily conversation about the virus. Nine, I've expressed gratitude and respect for at least one public official who is walking into the face of the virus, i.e. police, 911 operators, firefighters, doctors, and nurses, for the good of others. 10. I'm praying daily for God to use my hands, my feet, my word, my life to serve others. So I'm not saying you have to go through and do each one of those things. I'm just saying that those are all really good ideas of how to minister to those around us, those in our community, those who are not even members of our faith, but we can still minister to others because they are our neighbor and we love our neighbors, right? That was really interesting to me, how we spread the light of Christ in the middle of being you know, quarantined. How, how is that possible? I love the things that President Monson said about Christ's birth. So I actually wanted to put a Christmas song in the middle of the Easter mixtape. I don't know if that works quite well, but it's a really nice Christmas song. It was on my Christmas um, mixtape that I did a couple months ago. And it's not technically a Christmas song. I don't know. But it's The Light of the World by Lauren Daigle. And I love, love, love The Light of the World. You know, she talks in there, For all who wait, for all who hunger, for all who've prayed, for all who wonder, behold your king. Behold, Messiah, Emmanuel, Emmanuel, glory to the light of the world. You know, as the world waits for a miracle and a little bit of hope, in comes the light of the world, and the light of the world is Jesus Christ. And by ministering to others, we are truly being his hands and spreading the light of Christ to the rest of the world. So here's Light of the World by Lauren Daigle.
the heart longs for a little bit of hope Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel The child prays for peace on earth And she's calling out from a sea of hurt Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel Actually, one of the songs that really inspired me to make the mixtape, because um, it's talking about 
peace in Christ and also being a peacemaker. And I actually heard on the Christian radio station I was listening to, they were talking about blessed are the peacemakers. And they said a peacemaker is not only someone who like stops people from fighting or who chooses not to fight with someone, but a peacemaker is someone who brings peace into the life of others. And I was like, that is Christ. Christ is the ultimate peacemaker. But how can we do that? How can we bring peace into the life of others? And that's by spreading the light of Jesus Christ, by spreading our light, by serving them the way that he would. And so I found a talk. This is also from April 1991. Very interesting to me, all these talks that are really relating to peace that come from that conference, because I think the Gulf War had just ended. There are multiple, multiple talks talking about peace at that conference. So that's why we have so many of them. But I feel like the ending of a global calamity and them talking about, you know, rumors of wars and nations against nations and that kind of stuff, I feel like it echoes kind of what we have going on now with the virus. Not that necessarily we're at war with another nation, but we are at war kind of with nature, I guess, Um, trying to fight and save as many lives as we can from this epidemic. So anyways, that's just my two cents. So we're going to start here with Peace by Robert E. Wells. When Christ was born to this world, angels proclaimed peace on earth, goodwill to men. Yet in the 2,000 years since that proclamation, there has been little peace in this world. Just as Christ's atonement has saved us from both physical and spiritual death, the peace of which the Savior of mankind spoke is also physical and spiritual. Today I'd like to talk about the spiritual peace offered by Christ in the Sermon on the Mount when he gave us the beautiful beatitude about peace and peacemakers. I like to think of when the sermon was first taught. In my mind's eye, I see a scene of peaceful beauty. I envision an afternoon in early April. The sky is softening towards dusk, not even a breeze. White, wispy cirrus clouds stand almost motionless in the clear blue sky. And below, on the coast of the Sea of Galilee, soft waves lapped against moored fishing boats. A great crowd assembles on the side of the hill. Eager listeners sit on the grass or stand amidst the rocks and the early spring flowers. All are hushed and thoughtful as every face is lifted up, every eye looking towards the Lord, and every ear listening as the Savior tells them what they need to do in order to have peace in their lives. Tenderly, Christ speaks, Blessed are the peacemakers. Another Bible translator quotes the Savior saying, Happy are those who make peace. Either way, we focus on the strong verb make, as in make peace or peacemakers. To follow Christ and bring forth the blessings of heaven, we must actively make peace in the world, in the community, in the neighborhood, and above all in the home in which we live. To be a maker of peace, it helps if we understand what brings peace. Paul says it is the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace. Our closeness to the Lord will in great measure determine the peace and comfort and renewed strength that we feel as we invite the Spirit into our lives. Okay, pause there. So I just want to make a mental note that those of us who struggle with anxiety and other forms of mental illness, sometimes it may be harder than others for us to kind of feel the Spirit. Um, And I think that there's a lot of us who who will be struggling with anxiety as we start dealing with these world events. So if you do not feel the Savior's love around you at all times, you're not doing anything wrong. You know, especially if you can check off those temple recommend questions, you're not doing anything wrong. You're just in an environment of anxiety. And so I have found for me taking those moments to step back, to listen to peaceful music or read my scriptures, reconnects me with my father in heaven and helps me find that peace again. So turning to the Lord helps me bring peace. It doesn't necessarily mean that I will not feel anxious at any point in time because I do feel anxious a lot, especially now. 
but it helps me find peace in those moments. Okay, unpause. There are probably as many different sources of personal strife and lack of peace as there are people. The roots might be in one's own life or in the life of a loved one. No matter the reason, the solution to achieve peace is always the same. Turn to Christ. Follow his example. Repent of all transgressions. His command to the storm-tossed sea, peace be still, can also apply to his calming influence in our lives as we experiencing the buffetings of life's storms. Personal peace and our level of spirituality will increase as we focus on studying and thinking about Christ every day by loving and thanking Christ more each day for his atoning sacrifice, by daily striving to serve Christ better through becoming more involved in missionary service, by making a greater effort to find his lost sheep, his lost coins, his lost prodigals, and helping them return to the fold, by making a more concerted effort in the temple more frequently, and by researching more diligently our family's history. In spite of all the problems in the world today, peace can come to the hearts of each of us as we follow the Savior. Christ is the way to peace, the truth of peace, the life of peace, the source of peace. Look forward with steadfastness unto Christ. Talk of Christ. Rejoice in Christ. Preach of Christ. Live as Christ would have us live and worship Him and our Heavenly Father with all your heart, might, mind, and strength. And to follow that up, I want to play a song. You guys probably know this. It was the mutual theme in 2018, Peace in Christ. And so this is going to be Peace in Christ by McKenna Hickson. And it talks about the peace that we can find in Jesus Christ. So here you go. Peace in Christ. 
So one thing that I have found that has given me peace as I have gone throughout, you know, the past several weeks and I'm looking towards the future um, weeks here as we, you know, struggle with this virus is knowing that we have a prophet that leads and guides our church. And it's so interesting to me that the Lord would call a prophet who is a doctor and that the church would be striving more and more towards home-centered church and that our prophet is even telling us for years now to take our vitamins, right? <laughs> I think he meant that metaphorically, but I mean, it also helps, I guess, physically if you've been taking vitamins to keep you healthy. But um, so we've been focusing more and more on a home-centered church. And then all of a sudden, when we need it most, we have that home-centered church in place so that we can actually go to having little tiny sacrament meetings in our own homes each week. And I'm so grateful for our prophet's guidance. I'm grateful for his foresight. The fact that the church, I feel like, especially in the U.S., to me, the church is one of the biggest organizations to start the mitigation effort and the prevention effort against the virus, that I'm so grateful we have a prophet who led that and that we knew as soon as possible to start shutting down meetings and gatherings and things like that to keep people safe and keep people healthy. So I'm grateful for his you know, ability to converse with the Lord and his ability to receive revelation from the Lord on that. So stay with the prophet. You'll find peace there. You'll find peace with Christ. Um, my last thought that I want to leave you guys with on this mixtape is not actually a song. Well, I mean, there's going to be a song. There's always a song, guys. You need, There's always a song. But this is actually, this is the words that came from, I think they're called like Mormon messages or, you know, like they're like the little videos that the church puts out every year for Easter. And so this one came from a couple years ago, but this is what it said. It was unthinkable, impossible, unfathomable, unprecedented, a single act that changed history, possibility, destiny. He was a carpenter, a teacher, an outcast, a leader, yet he did what no other carpenter, teacher, outcast, or leader has ever done. Like all who preceded him, he lived and he died. But unlike all who preceded him, he rose from the dead. He lived again. He lives, and because he lives, we will live again. Because of him, death has no sting, the grave no victory. We can start again and again and again. Because of him, guilt becomes peace. Regret becomes relief. Despair becomes hope. Because of him, we have second chances, clean slates, new beginnings, and there is no such thing as the end. Because of him. And it is that knowledge that because of him, there is no such thing as the end, that things are going to be okay, that it's all going to work out. That's what's going to help get me through, I think, these next couple of weeks. So I want to leave you with one last song. This is It Is Well, and this version is by Nathan Pacheco. There was another version of it on another mixtape that was Bethel Music, but this is Nathan Pacheco. He's going to go ahead and end this mixtape for us. So I hope you guys are having a good week. Stay safe, y'all. Stay healthy and keep coming closer to Christ. Let's find that peace in Christ together. I love you guys. Bye, y'all. Has quaked before, moved by the sound of his voice, seas that are shaken and stirred can be calmed and broken for my regard. 
through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you. Through it all, through it all, it is well. Through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you, and it is well with me. For me to not believe, even when my eyes can't see, and this mountain that's in front of me will be thrown into the midst of the sea. And through it all, through it all, my eyes are on.
The Savior Said is not an official product or endorsed by The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. All comments and opinions are my own personal opinions and not representative of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The music used in The Savior Said is Fireflies and Stardust by Kevin McLeod. The hymn quoted in the opening is Come Follow Me, lyrics by John Nicholson. The Come Follow Me curriculum can be found at comefollowme.churchofjesuschrist.org. For show notes, new episode alerts, and other fun and inspirational things, check out my Facebook page at facebook.com slash thesaviorsaid. You can also find me on Instagram. Comments or questions? Email me at thesaviorsaid at gmail.com. Content in The Savior Said is copyright protected. All rights are reserved. Thank you for listening.